Okay, so here's the thing you got to remember about me. You know what we listen to? But we listen to gospel music. And no, it wasn't no darn free. Hey, no, you know, right on time. That was that was the that was the year of the golden age of gospel. Now, this was before this. Fred Fred versus Kirk. I'm talking about before Fred. I'm talking about before Fred, but see, we didn't even listen to gospel music. We listened to like Emma. you know Christian music with no bass in it. You know, huh? Christian, I used you know, to listen to just the tambourine. We bring the sacrifice of praise <laughs> unto the house of the Lord. You know, <laughs> hey man, hey, hey, they used to have that. You you know, you was really in church when they would start clapping off beat. Let's go do that. That one on the one and three instead of two and four. Hey man, I was. I I had that much soul growing up because I used to mess that clap up way too many times. <laughs> black people like black people hit their knee and ear and slap at the same time. <laughs> uh huh. It was that tambourine. If you ain't had no real tambourine unless you had the lambskin on the top of it. Lambskin. We had one in my granddaddy church. We had one in my church. <laughs> That wasn't church I went. That wasn't church I grew up in. And if you ain't had no funeral home fan, you wasn't you wasn't at church. You ain't had a Holy Ghost. Shout out to Word of Faith. <laughs> Republicans finest. And there it is. They came to church. I said, man, I remember the first time somebody said something to me about my church. I wanted to fight everybody in the building. Hey, man, you know your church a cult, right? What's up? What's what's up to the people first and foremost? What up, though? What up, though? We back. Jerk and Jerk podcast number five. Five, yes, yeah, cinco. It seemed like fifty five. It just hey. feel like we we've been on we've been on the grind. Look, we ain't we ain't been on no grind yet. We 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 starting it though. Mm-hmm. You know it takes. We gotta about, be on time and everything. You know, you know we got pods, man. It take about fifty pods before people start going. <laughs> hey, my man, I heard you got a podcast. Ah, uh, I try to get everybody. My wife won't listen. Won't nobody listen. But come on, thank hey. you for the four four listeners we got. We're gonna we keep got, grinding out for y'all. <laughs> you keep messing the number up, <laughs> and we don't even know the number. You like, hey man, we got a faithful phone listener. <laughs> Shout out to my grandma. <laughs> she downloaded. Hey, Nana been in it. She the one who. Hey, if don't nobody send the rating, Nana gonna send the rating. Get you a grandma who will listen to your whole podcast and then take notes <laughs> and mm-hmm. tell you about it. If we had a hundred Nanas on the team. We be in there. We I be can't wait for my wife become a nana. Be... <laughs> <laughs> Why you out here trying to rush life, bro? <laughs> oh, hey man, look, you you know what? It's something you should have jumped on. This ain't this ain't on. Uh, this is all off script. I mean, you done seen me on camera at least three times. I'm surprised you ain't say nothing about uh your boy's upgrade over here. What you didn't did? You, what you shaved? I gave up the gray, man. I went and jet black my whole beard out. <laughs> ah, my so I only got you only you only got a, a 720p uh man, camera, you so get I away can't from even me. see Come if it's gray or not. Don't disrespect my HD. <laughs> this man don't have a gray in sight. Did you get did you get because you know dudes always get that right next to the ear gray? You got that gray first? Yep. No, yeah. I didn't. That's the one I didn't look. That's the one I didn't get. <laughs> I didn't notice it until the day it was done. Because, okay, so background. 
I don't usually, I don't care if I have gray hair. I've had gray hair for at least what, four, three, three, four years now, give or take. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. But for some reason, since I had kidney failure, like my hair just be looking, du- it looks dusty. It doesn't look like any color. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, before I got, before things got worse, whereas like I had like kind of black hair and then like 25 good gray hairs and they was all just there. It just mm-hmm. was looking dusty. And I was just like, I'm not about to deal with this no more. I said, I'm bald now. I didn't got rid of dusty looking hair. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't have to live like this no more. So I went right. I took look. Let me get the bass out of my voice. I went right to Target, you know, <laughs> and went right to the aisle. I went to the Just For Men aisle. <laughs> hey, got it. right there. Hey, and, hey uh, you got to get the Just For Men with a dude with just a beard. It yep. ain't a dude with hair. Not the hair, the beard. Adrian said, hey, did you get jet black or was it brown? I said, no, you don't understand. I went to Target. They had five different ones for white people, and mm-hmm. then they had one for black people. Black. Our hair is only black or gray. That's it. That's all. Unless you go, unless you go to one of them uh stores in the hood, mm-hmm. that's all you're gonna. I mean, and it ain't gotta be the hood, but you know. Yeah, no, you go to the beauty spot place, they got Amber Romance and then <laughs> Auburn, Arbor Miss. They got all that extra stuff. You just grab the woman box. This dude said, <laughs> Did you say Amber Romance? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's them cut, that's them crazy names of them colors. The, the, uh, what do you call them? Uh, when you get your pedicure and manicure, it don't be purple, it'd be like Lily of the Garden Rose or something like you that. You actually be getting colors, all I get is clear. No, I don't get, get these. See, get these you feet see how that, together. That's that, how the rumor gets started. That needs to be on the menu. Get these feet together. That look. That's how I get started. Oh, mm-hmm. this man out. This man out here getting his toes painted colors. No. And they, hey, they, first of all, some some of us can't get their toenails painted. <laughs> that's it. I'm done. All right, y'all. Have a good one. The Jerk hey. Podcast is officially on and cracking. Hey, you gotta say, man, you you trust me him. every time we I'm talk bro- about. I mean, it. hey, look, hey, man, ten toes down, <laughs> nine toenails, baby. I don't care what none of y'all say. This I man will, don't got no big toenails. I will put this to. I will put this on. Hold on, stop. So when I was in my early teens, I have like this thing. Me and my father have it where our toenails kind of grow at a curl on the big toe. Your toenail <laughs> look like a staple if you're looking at it from the. Front of the tub or a giant you. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a strong you, like it don't move out. It's like a cute you. It's 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 interesting. So mm-hmm. I went to the I went to the foot doctor in my teens, and the doctor said, because I had an ingrown toenail, and he's like, Oh, you're gonna have this for the rest of your life. So he said, Why don't I do you a favor and just kill the toenail so you don't have to worry about it? And I was like, okay, cool. And then my man gave me a quick injection of whoop whoop and a snip snip. And I've had nine toenails for my <laughs> entire adult life. And now you arguing with doctors not to take the other toenail. Hey, and they won't do it. I'm like this. <laughs> I said, hey, man, my toenails, with four, what is it, with four toenails look pretty good, man. I said, let's have it match. Oh, Hey, man. It is that man it is. got a bubble yum on the, on, the, on the big toe. Bubble yum. It and ain't no I, toenails, just bubble yum on the you top. You can't. And I and look, I will I put will I put this will I put this on on the will I put this on the hey, pod? Hey, don't page? do that, man. We gonna you gonna get the Facebook jail. You put that you put that on there. I'm they be like viewer discretion advised when you put that on there. 
they gonna have a little eye from Instagram, like before you click on it, be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, bro, don't do, don't do <sighs> my my nine toenails. We like ain't even, we ain't even mean to uh, go that way. That this. was your, yeah. yeah, that was your. I just said, I'm surprised he didn't say nothing because I jet blacked it out and I said, this man was supposed to be like, oh, you out here faking, faking. This like a woman would be like, yeah, you didn't even notice my hair got cut. I mean, what are you talking about? You trying to do this podcast? You talking about your seven gray hairs though? Hey man, if you don't notice your woman get a haircut, then she need a new man. I'm gonna be honest with you. This lady at work said, "I always notice your hair gets done. You didn't notice my hair." I was like, "I don't even what's your name." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, you know how I am with names. Old girl. Old girl got her hair done. Hey, man. Old girl, you all right. Old girl with the box shape, man. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you took my Slimmy over there in the corner. Uh-huh. I ain't never seen a man don't know nobody's name. Just be like, oh, yeah. Big homie. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, it, and, and it's not It's not no woman. It's not no man. It is old dude, old girl. But anyways, episode number five, Ergen Jerk Pod. You know, we we didn't we didn't waste about five minutes of our, our, our good for people's time. Right. I, I apologize all for y'all. What we missed this week. Hey, I wonder, and this was not even on the agenda till this morning. Did you see that Walmart Juneteenth ice cream? Cheesecake and, and red velvet cake. Brother, when you sent me, when you sent this to me, I had to look it up. Because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it, you know, I, I can't I can't chase down everything. Damn, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of at a loss of words. And then the first thing I saw was that the first thing I saw was Juneteenth. Then I saw the red velvet. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the brand. Then I saw the brand. We can't even value. get Briars. Great value. Brand. <laughs> and I just said, like, we could get no, no. Uh, what's, what's the one? Ben and Jerry's. And you know what? I feel like if Ben and Jerry's would have pulled it mm-hmm. off, I might have been like, well, okay, it's Ben and Jerry's, but not great value. Great value, you can't, you can't be, you can be second, you can't be first. Great value is supposed to be knockoffs of stuff, but they coming out with stuff first. It doesn't even make sense. I don't know. That just what is this an of, imposter of? That's <laughs> <laughs> it's an imposter of some bull jive just from, from the jump. I'm gonna be honest with you. Because it's just like. But you remember when, okay, when we were still under lockdown and this entire, this is just was like indicative of the entire wave of like Juneteenth, white tears. Everybody want to give you the day off. Everybody uh-huh. want to do this. They want to give you buy one, get one free slab of ribs because of the Juneteenth special. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, it's like this. It's not like it was like, oh, this is a new let's let's launch a new holiday and get off to a good start. This been around this been around for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I know the in at least in the black community, but I feel like now I feel like everybody wants to take advantage of it. Unless you want to be one of the white people who want to um that want to ignore that that part of history didn't happen. Well, I tell know- me this then. How do you feel about Juneteenth? Because Juneteenth is a holiday of bad communication. You said, is it a holiday of bad communication? It is a bad, it is a holiday for bad communication. Texas I didn't think, know that yeah, we didn't slavery know we was free. over. Yeah. I don't know if it was communication. I just think it was just like we were suppressed and they could have, I'm sure somebody could have let somebody know. 
Mm-hmm. But the fact that they didn't is just it's it's sad. It's sad and it's ain't it's it's angering because mm-hmm. it's like if you really if you really think too hard about it, like you really could get pissed off. And I try not to, I try not to do that because there's so many. I don't know. I, I'm conflicted. Like you know, some stuff I we'll don't talk try. about later on today. Um, I'm kind of conflicted when when I think about it because I can look mm-hmm. back at our history, but then I also realize that we also live in a real world. And I know you and I, we both work with you know white people and white people that are 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 allies mm-hmm. and white people who are just you know if they're not out, al- they're just cool. So it's just like you know, do I have a bunch of white people in my planet who are you know jackasses? No. But I'm sure if you went and dug and they, you know, dug and their aunties and their grandfathers, you might find somebody who who is who's about that life. For sure. And it's just some days it's just hard to kind of it's hard to kind of justify, especially, you know, when you see a lot of things that go on in this political climate. But I don't want to take it. I don't want to take it that that far. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you know, this Walmart Juneteenth ice cream, they can they can throw it in the garbage and be honest with you. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't there. And I so I asked my wife. I said, hey, babe, because I was already flabbergasted, but mm-hmm. that's my that's me standard. I come off the lot flabbergasted. So I asked the wife, who's just a smidge less than me, and I said, hey, babe, what do you think about this Juneteenth ice cream? Um, it's the, the red velvet and cheesecake ice cream. And she looked at it. She was like, wow, really? But it does sound good. <laughs> and I feel that that's what a lot of people are like, dang, man, they really thought of a good combination. And then when I thought about it, I was like, hmm, I still can't uh, find myself buying the ice cream. If I'm at a party and it's there, I'm like, eh, I'll try it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but as it stands right now, because they got the black hands clapping like, hey, did you know you're free? Really? Clap. Like, that. that's what I'm seeing on there right now. Like. The Wait. person at the bottom was Texas, and then the other the other hand was everybody else. And they're like, yeah, we are free. Clap. Hey, grab your bags. We out. Like, that's Wait. that's the story that I'm seeing from the, the clapping of hands. I missed that. I completely missed that. Oh, oh you didn't see that? You didn't uh-uh. see it? It is uh-uh. two hands clap like they're, they're high-fiving. And what I'm getting from the high-five is, hey, did you know we were free? Oh, bro, we free, really? I've been working all this time. Oh man! And then high five. We out of here. That's what I got from the front of the ice cream. So if that's me taking it way out of line, I told you I'm flabbergasted. Standard, but for the most part, that's what I got. Oh wow! Okay, now I see it. I didn't look that deep into it. <laughs> I saw the Juneteenth, and I saw great value, and I saw the flavor. I didn't see the the hands and. Oh man, this is this is all your fault. Bringing this foolishness, <laughs> foolishness. Oh wait, what did somebody say on one of your posts? This is why I shop at Target. <laughs> <laughs> Target, the ally, bro. They just yeah. they price is not an ally. Oh no, no, mm-hmm. no. That's a whole. I could make a whole. We could be a whole subject on that alone. Your, Every uh, time prices. I go into Target, I spend no less than fifty dollars. And that's probably being and that's you going in for some peanut butter. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I need a four things. $42.96. God damn it. (laughs) I went in there last. I went in there. It was Wednesday was the last time I went in. And I said, okay, I need 
Well, I need five things. 98.62. Y'all come, y'all find a way to get a honey bun out my pocket going to Target. <laughs> I don't understand. But it's so uh, clean. And they baskets roll so good. They baskets roll right, left, back, and forward. Walmart only rolled forward. They ain't even going back or the, the, the wheel skipping. Actually, you maybe you gonna make me go to a Walmart because it's been a while since I've been to a Walmart. What? I guess Texas is different. Walmart and 7-Eleven. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's I everywhere, mean, bro. Since I moved to there's none in the since I moved back to the city, there's none in the city. I mean, there was there was like, you know, one around not not too far from when I was in the burbs. Mm-hmm. But no, nah, in the city, it's just it's, it's not it's not around. So uh-huh. well, we're gonna move to the next one, next topic, because this is something that, that happened to me earlier in the week. I was talking to my homeboy about the Kendrick album. I feel the album was outstanding. Um but it really goes to where you are in life, really, because he was saying he was really he went through a divorce and he was just trying to have a good time. He was trying to have a good time. And the album wasn't really speaking to him. But when I was telling him, like, you know, where I am in my life and where he is in his life, it was a little bit different. And I was really feeling the album. And he said another thing. I really not feeling the album with him and Cole. They always talking about white people and we can't never move forward when we just keep going backwards. So you know me, I'm already like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? So he was saying, you know, on the Big Steppers, a uh, Worldwide Steppers uh, song from Kendrick, when he was talking about fucking white bitches. And he was feeling that, you know, him feeling bad that the ancestors was looking at him fucking white bitches and it was bothering them. So I was thinking... Is this well, is this racist? Because he said we can't move forward um, as a race until we start um, not not looking at our past all the time. But for mm-hmm. me, we can't look, we can't move forward until we actually acknowledge what has happened, and that's just not us. Like you know, the oppressors and the oppressed need to look back to say, okay, this happened. Like so many people. 9-11, this, I say this all the time, 9-11, these always never forget. Um, the Holocaust, never forget. But when it comes to slavery, come on, y'all. Y'all can get over it. And that always stick with me. Like, come on, come on, man. We got to have this honest conversation about it. So how do you feel? You've heard the song a couple of times. How do you feel about what he was saying about feeling bad about fucking white bitches? Not, and I'm not saying white bitches is in they bitches, but I'm just saying what he said in the song. You're just repeating the, yes, you're repeating you the lyrics, and and that's fine. So I have I have heard the song a couple of times. The whole album, I think it's just a theme of the end. The whole album where he's he's processing he's processing trauma. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's just that's just the first that what he says like the first time first time he says it he's going through you know what he was going on how he felt he found out that the girl's daddy was a sheriff he thought mm-hmm. it was win win because his aunt got locked up like you know you just you know you you know you you're getting revenge on white people by having sex with them like mm-hmm. that's a lot going that's a lot going on and I think if you're this is more I don't know if it's rap in general but let's just stick to Kendrick. There's some days if you're just looking at the lyrics on the surface and you're not really understanding what somebody's trying to say, mm-hmm. then you know, then you've missed the art. And I think I think that you you know your, your man's missed the art a little bit. And I, if you hear it, like you said, if you hear that the first time I fucked the white bitch, this is him. This is him talking in retrospect. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing that you know you have to you have to keep in context that he he's 
he's speaking on this is that not how he feels f-e-e-l-s but how he felt f-e-l-t mm-hmm. so it's, it's it's not it's not current um i think it just it also speaks you know to the trauma that a lot of inner city uh you know black males deal with because of how we see you know white people mm-hmm. you know i um i was watching um winning time and uh it was this scene in one of the episodes if you saw it you know if you watched the show it was episode number nine and it was spencer haywood and he was talking about uh when he was younger in his time uh in the south and he was picking cotton and he asked his mother he she said you know he was talking to his mother he said god loves us and he said, you know, if, if God loves us, he said, why are why is every why are we always on the bottom? Mm-hmm. We always on the bottom. And he was talking about people that look like me. And you have to, you know, and that and that could be said for as blacks and you know, Mexicans and anybody else who has a darker skin color. Why are we always on the damn bottom? And then his mother said, Well, God loves us, but he loves them just a little bit more. And I just said, mm-hmm. for her mother to say that, for him to process that, and he had to deal with that, that, that type of hurt and pain, it's just, you know, it's not Kendrick's, it wasn't Kendrick's story, it was Spencer Haywood's story, but mm-hmm. that's just another form of, like, the trauma that a lot of people don't understand that what we deal with and how we process things, because you come into the world, especially as an African-American, and if you're just... If you're not, if you were not somebody of means, especially, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I grew up in a, uh, I grew up in a blessed household. I'll say that, you know, my, Mm -hmm. my family didn't grow up rich, but we damn sure weren't, I wouldn't never call us poor, you know, the light Mm -hmm. stayed on, you know, my daddy had a job, you know, my, my whole life, mom. But but that's, so you looking at that as, as, as the baseline where the lights is staying on. Yeah, but so that's, that, that's, I, that's that's wild that hey we blessed because the lights on what because that's because you have to look at what you're around like I I grew up in I grew up in the inner city I grew up on the northwest side of northwest side of Detroit shout out forty two two one you see what I'm saying everybody didn't you know I, you know in my area it was pretty cool but then the further back you go into a seven mile everybody mm-hmm. didn't have what I had no no and, I understand that yeah, but I'm just saying what you but, you you're you're but, relating it to Poverty. I guess the just I guess the juxtaposition to that is the fact that I went to I went to uh all white uh private schools in the Plymouth Canton area mm-hmm. for six years. So I had to go, you know, 15, 20 miles to school. And my parents I couldn't my parents couldn't afford to live where my where my um classmates were at. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't have I didn't understand as a kid, you don't understand that. That everybody, everybody didn't start. We didn't all start from the same place in the race of life. Right. And, you know, thank God that, you know, moving forward, you know, the, our, you and not me and my generation is different now. I think we're, we've, we've pushed the, we've pushed it a little bit further where we're doing better than, you mm-hmm. know, than our, than our parents did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God bless, you know, God blessed us with, you know, blessed us with that. And I want to keep it moving forward. And I hope that our children, you know, do Detective better than Batana. us. Yeah, so yeah, that we, yeah, we keep just keep pushing, keep keep put, keep pushing it, keep pushing it forward. But when he gets back to this, it's just like that's his life. He he just he think he sees white people as a symbol, symbol, symbol of, you know, I don't want to see oppression becomes it is it's a form of oppression when you see that you know people are doing 
that much that much better than you and you don't know mm-hmm. how to process it and so you're like well i'm gonna do what i can and then aha i'm gonna knock down i'm gonna knock down old girl's daughter i'll show him yeah you know, it's just like oh man it's just like are you and then he goes you know he says the second time he did he was like he some he told somebody i think i might be a racist and i said mm-hmm. i don't know if you know i've heard the, the theory that black people can't be racist i don't know if i necessarily subscribe to that theory mm-hmm. but i don't know it's just it, 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 it i don't know I, I don't think i have i don't think i have any other way to any other way to articulate it but i, I just you could feel you could feel the hurt you could feel the hurt in his explanation um, yeah, and I know, definitely so I I understood what he was saying, and I how I feel about how dating and and having sex just with with uh, different races is different than everyone else. Like most dudes that I that I talk to, and well, let then, me and ask, I, go ahead. Let me ask ahead. the question: You ever been with a white girl? No. Okay. And and the thing is, and it's not it's not that. I feel that for us to further ourselves, I feel my I feel myself as a, a good black dude. Mm-hmm. So I don't I never wanted my seed to be mm-hmm. outside of the race because I felt that I was going to do what was right for the next generation, and I wanted that seed to be able to be pushed on black. Mm-hmm. And I feel that for for us. Um, the black race, we're always looked at as why wouldn't you date outside your race when our other races having to deal with those questions? Mm-hmm. And I really don't like. Would you see if a if a white man white married a, a white woman? Does that white man have to answer to would you date date outside your race? And I really don't think that even is a a question to have to answer. But for us, since we we do it so often that that is a a question we have to answer, and mm-hmm. like I said, I don't I don't vilify dudes that do, and we're mm-hmm. gonna talk about that a little bit later. Um, but I don't vilify dudes that that do date outside the race. Um, basically, everybody I know don't have the same views as I do, but just for me. I wanted I wanted Aiden to have a, a black mother, and that's what I sought after. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I shouldn't have to to answer for that because in the world in general, that's not something that people have to answer. But yeah, I no, think there's I think there's going to be a lot of people who quote unquote disagree with you. I don't know if mm-hmm. I disagree with you. I just don't necessarily. I didn't necessarily have the same uh, thought process, even though I feel like we both I ended in the same. I ended in the same part of the race that you did. No, no pun intended. You said you never been with a white girl. I definitely mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, you know, dated um, white women, and, and just recently, is into my thirties um, after I got divorced. Mm-hmm. And there was up to a point in time where, you know, and th- we just going to talk about this a little bit. I'm a pinch on this just a little bit. Yeah. That there was a certain level of trauma in my own personal life where I was. I thought I was done with black women. I didn't want. I didn't want to do that. I just wasn't. I wasn't ready. I had dated black women for. What was it I, about the black women and what was it about the black women and not the black woman that was pushing? You I was ready. You know what? It, it, it's it's a sim, It's the simplicity is everything. I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted to try something different. It there's mm-hmm. a there's a certain level of ownership that you have to take 
when you when you date a black woman mm-hmm. and you have to be willing to accept that and i don't think that that there's that same responsibility if you're going to date you know date a white woman mm-hmm. and i don't know how far i would have taken it but i'm sure knowing how i am if i had met a white woman that i had vibed with mm-hmm. i would have been fine with it and this you know it stems back to you know my childhood the first first girl i ever fell in love with was a white girl with brunette and glasses and mm-hmm. she broke my and she broke my heart because she wouldn't go with me it wasn't anything special <laughs> <laughs> hey man i want her to go with me so bad i timed it up i was at the we was on the monkey bars and i mm-hmm. asked and she told me no i cried for a whole weekend bro i was heartbroken, heartbroken. <laughs> and it wasn't I feel like it wasn't until I went to end up going to uh, shout out to Bobian and shout out to Mumford in in the city where I just said, oh, this is what black girls is talking about. And then it was uh-huh. just it was on. It was on from there. And I just I really didn't see them until I started getting into the in, living in Chicago and getting into the workforce. And then I really, you know, I was, you know, in a relationship and married. So I really wasn't checking for him like that. But then when I got, you know, when I was, you know, separated and divorced, it became a totally different different situation where i say mm-hmm. i need to keep my eye open and until i i ended up with uh you know i love adrian who i am now she's just one of the you know best and most beautiful black women i've ever seen in my life and i thank god for her in my life like i could that's another whole i can have a whole nother show on that so we're not gonna go mm-hmm. far on there mm-hmm. but i i, I want to say that you know um you know she has a lot of the qualities and you know the fact that she is black it is bonus is a bonus and you know that my, my child is black and mm-hmm. you know i'm grateful but if my child had been mixed it would have been fine and mm-hmm. i would have loved my child you know just as equally and i would have raised her up you know as a black as a black woman because um that's how this country is going to see her you know right. to, to a certain extent um i have a brother who's adopted you know who has a white mother and a black father and you know Kids are cruel, brother. They don't care. You know, my they brother, it, my brother in the hood, he was too, he was too white to be black. And in school, he was too black to be white. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, wh- where do you put yourself? Which is, that's a, like I said, that's, that's, that's kind of a separate, a separate situation, a but it makes you look at right. It, it made me grow up looking at race in a totally different, um, in a totally different state. So knowing that if I had been with a white woman, we had, you know, if we had had child, if we had a child, that I would have had to, I would have had a lot of um, experience knowing what that's like to grow up in that. Well, I I always, I always took, took a ownership of, of my seed. I would never, I, so if I was to have a, a mixed race child, it never got to that point because I took a, if I deal with this woman, this could happen. So I always was like, if I did, if I if I dealt with the black woman, this is what I would I would receive. So it would always be, I, I was always responsible from from the inception, not to have to deal with the reaction. So it really was it in this in this mode. Like I like I said the same thing with Malika Andrews. I don't mind somebody telling me that you know they don't they're not feeling the way I was feeling just because like if I say. I wouldn't date a white woman. And if a white woman said I wouldn't date you, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold that against her. Cause you can have your same because a lot of my friends and a lot of a lot of my colleagues, if you kind of just look at people in general, 
for the most part, they they date within their their own race. And I think the further we get past where we are, you'll start to see the intermingling. But right now, I'm too close. I'm mm-hmm. too close to to my 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 family. My grandmother's mother was from Memphis. Like they was going through it. So for my grandmother, my great grandmother, who I knew well into my college years, well into my like early early thirties, was dealing with that. Somebody that I knew, I had to. I it's like she wasn't no ancestor. She was great grandma. Like she mm-hmm. was here. So for me to have to deal with that and for me to know stuff that she was going through, and, and this goes on to I tell you all the time, I don't understand how we are the ones that are hated. And I it it, it just kind of in, engraved in me. And I wouldn't, I don't want to pass that on to Aiden. So my ch- my child, I don't I I don't go forth like, hey, hey, don't be don't deal with no white chick. Like that's not something I'm gonna do, but mm-hmm. at the same time, he didn't know somebody who like my grandmother didn't have to deal with that. So his great grandmother, he won't know what what was happening with that. So the further you get past that, the more it'll be more accepted. But right now, like it was too ingrained in me to to, to deal with that. I'm like you said, it is it's a generational thing because mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know if I go back to my grandparents, um. You know, I, I I love my I don't I love my grandfather to death, and um I think he I think he was a great man. I think he had his faults, but he did not he had no uh no real love for my 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 brother, which you know kind of broke my mother's heart. Yeah, that's just, wild. Just because of how he's just like you know don't bring a white boy in this house, and it's mm-hmm. just like and I'm like, but he's and first of all, he you couldn't even tell he, you couldn't say he was mixed because they start using you know slurs and you know things i'm not even about to say on this spot but mm-hmm. it's it just you know it, it becomes breaking your it breaks your heart because it's like you know i don't want i don't want zoe to think like that i mean i would like like you said i would you can't control what what, what your kids do i mean what mm-hmm. i like for zoe to marry you know marry I, I want her to be first of all first and foremost be i happy. want her to be happy and whatever yeah. she's going to be whether it's you know a man or a woman i'm not going to say other because i'm just not about to go down that road today but whether it's a man, man or woman, I just wonder. I wanted, I wanted to be happy. And if she brings home, if she can bring home a white guy, you know, um, I'm gonna pull it to the side. And be like, what the hell? You? No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring the white boy in this house. No, no, we ain't gonna do that. <laughs> well, no, no. I, I'd like to think, like my mother, if I brought home a white girl, my mother would have loved. My mother would love loved her just as much as she loves mm-hmm. Adrian. It would, it wouldn't have mattered to her. It, it's mm-hmm. fine. And, and that's the the mentality that you have to that you have to have you know in, in situations like that but it's it's so hard because like you said our 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 previous generation didn't have that you mm-hmm. know those, those certain things and it's just there you know there's things that they dealt with that we would never have to deal with you know i asked my i asked my father um i said do you remember the first time somebody called you a nigga and mm-hmm. you know he had to think about it and he said yeah he was uh you know, if you're from the Detroit area, he said he was in Dearborn in a park somewhere. He said him and his friends was just playing, like in probably in the late 60s. Yeah. Uh, get out this nigga. Beep, 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 beep. Mm-hmm. And he just was like, oh. But to him, it was just like, oh, let me leave and let me get I'm not, I'm in the wrong area. Not these dudes just called me the N-word. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just 
It's crazy. Can you imagine being somewhere in a park and you turn around and you hear somebody going, hey, Nick, Nick, get your boo. You'd be like, oh, no, this has happened. So when I was in high school, we went on a college tour and we went to uh, black colleges and we both, I went to Persian in Detroit and we went to a, a uh, college tour and that college tour was um, like a all city um, event and we went all to HBCU. So we went to Tennessee State, we went to Xavier, we went to Southern. So when we was down, I forgot it, it must have been like when we was at Tennessee State or somewhere around it was in the it was we were well off in the south. So it might have been like when we were around Xavier in, in New Orleans. And um we were saying a group prayer. It was four busloads of us. And we were in this big circle. We were holding hands and it was, you know, say a prayer to get back, you know. Um, and two pickup trucks came and they surrounded us and they started throwing eggs at us and saying, you niggas need to go back to where y'all came from. And this, this, so this is where I go back to saying, I don't know why I'm hated, but I'm supposed to 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 not feel a way towards towards a person when this is what I dealt with in the nineties. Like this ain't this ain't I'm not I'm not sixty years old. Like this happened in ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So so what how am I supposed to feel? So and and this just goes back to if this is how I kind of grew up. So what am I what am I instilling in my son? I have to check. I have to take the high road and teach him acceptance. When is that person who was driving the pickup who was around my age? What are they teaching their kids? So this, I mean, it's just a whole. It's it's a whole dynamic that that us as as you know just Americans have to have to do that push and pull. But it, it really is. It's it's a thing that we have to be cognizant of. So our, we, we, we can go on that rabbit hole all day, but I want to get to another part of that rabbit hole because when I was with my wife yesterday, we were driving past and we saw a couple. We were, So we were going to dinner downtown Dallas. Woo, living a high life. Okay. Hey, we, I we see you, big right. dog. We do all right. So we're driving. We're going to dinner last night and we seen a couple and it was a black woman and a white dude. And she said, Good for her. Get your man. Black dudes are trash. Who? Wait. <laughs> right. So wait. she tells me this, and me thinking I'm a decent black dude. So you telling me black dudes are trash? So that means I'm trash. So as as our four our four listeners know, I looked and said, "Hold on, I'm trash." So. She's using the same verbiage as the Malika um, reference. So I can't be mad if you call me trash because you're not first, you last. But at the same time, I'm your husband. So am I trash? So she said, oh, not you, but black dudes are trash. So I'm thinking to myself, what are you like when I say all the time, like when I see black dudes just out of control or when I see um rappers or if i see drug dealers or whatever i look at them with a side eye because what they do affect or affect how people look at me so and this is somebody who i live with 
So if that's what you are saying and you are comfortable with saying, I this this is nothing that I can even start to fight. Mm-hmm. So this this goes to the point where I can't love every woman because I tried, but I can't <laughs> I can't I can't be everybody's good dude. So it takes a point where black dudes got to take accountability to themselves and, and we got to start doing better. But at the same time, we ain't all trash because I've dealt with many women and they're not then Some women are not the greatest. So I'm I'm just sitting here. You're being like, kind by saying that. Hey, just say some women hey, are trash. Not hey, your Malika Andrews type of trash. Yeah, and Malika but Andrews real trash. Yeah, buddy. Real yeah, filth buddy. and flarm trash. I'm talking about gutter, don't, don't gutter bucket garbage trash. But but so I've never, I've never, I've heard dudes be like, man, I ain't no good. I've never heard a, a black woman say, I'm 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 trifling. Oh, I've, I've heard, heard I've heard a couple black women in my life said I ain't shit. I just oh really? Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. One that's girl I was up. one girl I was trying to that's back in the day I was trying to get with, and she was just like, but you know what? She was going through something because you know she, she got somebody. done wrong. Yeah, and she was just like, oh, I'm about to be on my revenge tour. Mm-hmm. I ain't shit. So that's where that's where it went. And so she said she she gave me a heads up. So instead of me getting rolled over and getting cheated on or anything mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. she was just like, this is what I'm about to be about. And sure enough, man, that's what she was on. And she she was she was on it. I'm talking about on in, in some wild stuff and the team sports and everything else. You can, <laughs> and everything else you can uh, you can think of. So, you know, it, it can definitely happen. I, you know, I just it's this. I feel the same way about this statement, the, the same way I felt about the Malika Andrews statement, once we kind of peeled it back, peel back that banana a little bit, that it becomes like a generalization mm-hmm. that, you know, the whole, if you're not first, you last, I get it. I just, I don't, I feel like that rhetoric gets, can be sent around and rhetoric become, can become law, especially in, you know, in the era of social media, it's just, it, it's, you know, we don't, we don't need that. We don't need that negativity. Just like if I just said all black women are angry, like mm-hmm. no, it might be the let you know the last two or three I mess with are angry. I don't think all black women are angry. I'm not with an angry black woman. But how do you feel? How do you feel about? Because I said this before when I was talking about the Kendrick album. How do you feel about many black men being raised by women and not understanding how it is to be a man and having to figure that out? So we are quote unquote trash until we understand what being a man is about mm-hmm. because I, I, that, that really is. I mean, when I, when I try to boil it down, cause I try to understand why are we trash? Like I've been, I've been not the best, but at the same time, I always try to tell women, Hey, this ain't it. Like don't, don't try to think that, that, that we get married. Like this, this ain't that. And I, if you're trying to change the situation, that's on you. That's so far. But at the same time, once I figured out, hey, this is what a man, this is how a man's supposed to move, I became a better man. But mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't taught that. It's mm-hmm. almost like like shaving. Like you we had to figure out how to shave if you don't have somebody to teach yeah. you how to shave. 
Sure. I don't have I didn't have somebody to, to teach me how to be a man. So I had to figure out how to be a man on my own. So it took a little bit of time to figure that point out. So if a woman was teaching me how to be a man, she's teaching me as best as possible to to be that man. But she would never understand how to be a man. It takes a man. So you either got to figure it out or somebody got to mentor you along the way. But that that's really how it is. So. I, I feel a lot of times like so many of our men are, uh, and and this is no excuse, but it's more of trying to figure out what it is that mm-hmm. what it is that we're going through because we're never going to change until you can until you can pinpoint the problem. Mm-hmm. So is the problem because I feel that now our our generation is is becoming more fathers. We still got a lot of deadbeat dads, but it's not at the at the at the clip it used to be. So our our C is gonna be a little bit different, but it's gonna take time for them to integrate into manhood. So I'm just trying to figure out what it is that that we could do to help the situation of our men being trash. Uh, I don't, you know, it, it becomes it becomes a situation of mentorship. I, we we speak a lot about, you know, you saying you didn't have that have you weren't in a situation where you had somebody. Um, to show you what it was like to be a man. And that's something, fortunately, I can't relate to because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love, you know, shout out to Keith Sr., uh, who is a listener to the pod. Um, you know, I love my father. He was, you know, he was there, you know, every day, every day of my life, you know, growing up. And I appreciate that. So when we talk about, um, you know, the things about what a man is supposed to do, you know, my father will always pull me to the side and you know tell me different things whether it was um making sure you clean the house make sure you make sure you're good to your woman make sure you know you know things things are right in the house make sure that you have a job make sure you have some money in you make sure you have some money in your pocket when you're doing you're doing a and b and c and you know i mean mm-hmm. even you know my father went through a point where he didn't have a uh he uh was un you know unemployed for like six and seven months and he i remember he went and filled out a job application at Burger King. Not, and his mm-hmm. experience was well above a Burger King, but he said, you should never be a man in a house and not have something, right? Of some form of job. He said, so I'm not going to sit in this house. He said, I will work at Burger King before I be sitting in this house and not have a job. He said, it's mm-hmm. never going to happen. But mm-hmm. he never, he didn't end up working at Burger King. He ended up getting, you know, working, you know, working at Northwest Airlines, you know, for the next 19 years. But that was just the mentality. And I and I've took that from him. Like mm-hmm. those are certain things in the way that, you know, I treat, you know, I treat I've treated women in my life, you know, good and bad. I didn't have a lot of a lot of quote unquote pimping to my game because my father and I joke with him. I say you were kind of square in that in that vein. Like my father didn't, you know, move around. He didn't have side chicks. He just that's just who he was. He just. Mm-hmm. He, came, he went to work, he came home, he got his check, he took his check, he gave it to my mama and, you know, and kept it moving. And and that was that was how he lived his life. And to a certain extent, that's how for the longest time that I lived my life. Now, I've had to adjust certain things um, for my own person, you know, my own personality and how that works, you know, in my life moving forward, because everything, you know, you can't be 100 percent on everything. Everything he did wasn't great, but it worked for him. It didn't always mm-hmm. work for me. You got to figure out, you know, you got to figure out what works for you. But that core, those those core values are there. So I, I think it would start there. I think there was something that uh, I was uh, involved in in the early '90s. You know, there was a, 
it was called Project Exposure. It was a men's mentorship uh, program on the east side where we would go. And uh, it was just a lot of men, you know, African-American men. And it was, you know, we would just be around and we would talk about, you know, things that, you know, men talk about what we need to do. We would go on uh, uh, different field trips, you know, as a group of men. It was really, it was really enjoyable. And I know I went with my boy who didn't live with his father at the time, you know, and I know that was, you know, it was helpful. To, it was helpful to him. And it was, you know, it was interesting to me because it was, it was my time to be around, you know, young African-American boys, you know, my age, because I wasn't around it, you know, in school. And I think that's something that, you know, like you said, it has to start. It it has to start somewhere because this, you know, this treating women like, you know, you know, buses, you know, it's, it's, that's not going to work. It's not going to work long term. It, it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, period. I know there's it's not, things. it's not productive. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that de- it's that de- it's definitely not, and I think that it you know the the further along that we get into life, uh, it, it's just it becomes it becomes at a certain age it becomes played out. Like if you mm-hmm. do stuff like that, you know, moving around is for your twenties, mm-hmm. and I think you know mm-hmm. if I had a son, I, I'm not gonna tell my daughter that. I know that, and I know it's hypocritical. I mm-hmm. don't care. That's my, <laughs> that's my business. But if I had a son, I would tell him. Do not get married in your 20s. I tell my friends that. So I'm definitely I did. My son Don't that. do it. And I'm not saying I made a mistake because I feel like everything is you everything is learning. And I don't I don't regret being married mm-hmm. uh when I was married for one second. I never have. Never have. I feel like it was a situation. It was it was something that was it it's like a it's a TV show. It, it was good, it happened, the show ended, and you know, mm-hmm. we're on a new show right now. Yeah. And that's just that's that's a, that's the simplest the simplistic version of it, but that's just how that that's that's just how I, I choose it. That's how I choose to think. Because we, I don't, I don't think that this show was supposed to be our race, but it ended up after I started typing all the show notes. I was like, oh man, this is black as hell. This is yeah, but, that's yeah, that's but it. this black one, this black. Was, <laughs> I'm black, y'all. So, but but I really. Like I said, we're not going to be able to move forward until you can understand. Um, we can understand both sides. And I would really like to have somebody on here from my Anglo-Saxon brethren to be able to kind of just say how they're feeling on their end. Because until we get a dialogue, because I can I can preach to you like fair kind all you want, all I want. But until somebody from the other side is listening to me, nothing's going to get nothing's going to get solved. But now we do have to take care of family business and, and house business. And I feel this is kind of where we need to be with that. Just kind of what are we doing, especially as black males, black males, we don't have because I can't even say Kevin Samuels was because he ended up going the entertainment route. So he wasn't really talking to us to, anymore, like productively. And we need a productive black male um, place to go where we can just really have self self help for for each other because it, it's not always it's not always yeah fuck bitches get money like that that can't be what we're all about and then the older I got the older I get the more I understand that like it's not about it's not about the bitches now when I was younger it was about the bitches. <laughs> but at the same time, like it, it, it got me nowhere. So now that I, you know, now that I have somebody to build with, you know, that's where I'm trying to trying to get at. And 
you know, everybody, I can't say everybody can get that, but, you know, I I feel more productive now than I, than I was when I just was recycling people and I would have to start over every time. It was almost like when you, when you going from woman to woman, it's like paying rent or being in an apartment. And then when you get married, it's like getting a house and you building equity with somebody. And then, you know, you have something to show for what you got. So that's kind of where I'm at now. But, um, at the same time, at the end of every show, what's on your heart, brother? Tell them what's on your heart. What's on your little heart? <laughs> um, I'm going to try to keep it light because I feel like we, we was heavy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, fellas, I fell for the oldest trick in the book this week. Ah, I already know where you're going. The, well, you may. You may. I, you may. You may. Mm-hmm. Um, Fellas, if you if you're getting some food and you ask your woman, what do you want? And she tells you, I don't want anything. If you believe you her, use a damn fool. You know what? It's one of those things where it's like anything. If you you lose focus and I lost focus. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. last week, my cousin was in my cousin came in, in into the city. Party. Right. Uh-huh. And she called me and she said, hey, I'm at this bakery. And I said, oh, okay. She said, you want anything? I said, yeah, hang on. Let me see what age is talking about. Hey, you want something? Oh, no. I'm good. Okay. I said, okay, cool. I ain't going to push nothing on you. That was my first thought. Failure. So I said, okay, give me uh, she going to give me like this red velvet cheesecake brownie, right? Fine. This is on Sunday. Tuesday popped up. I was like, okay, good. I'm about to smash this little cheesecake brownie. Man, I went looking in the refrigerator. Hey, man, all I seen was the container empty, bro, with the little remnants of the red velvet on the side. What? She said an empty joint in the refrigerator? Ate my whole cupcake, G. I said, hey, you ate my brownie. Oh, it was good, though. I said, I know it was good. It looked good. Dang, I was about to knock it down. I told you. I said, what you want? You said, I didn't want anything. I didn't think I wanted anything, but now I wanted something. See, this is the problem. You, <laughs> Man, if, if you didn't know this, and if you're a young boy listening to this podcast, if you're, want, if you're getting some food and your woman says, I'm good, and you come in with nothing, you're a fool. Don't fall for the okie doke. That's what's on my heart today. Don't fall for the okie doke, fellas. Come in with the two piece. Come in with the four piece yeah. and the two biscuits. And if she don't want it, then you eating the four piece. That's there fine. There you go. Hey, so I didn't fall for the banana and the pipe because I've been with my woman for seven years. I told her at dinner yesterday, we've been together for seven years. She was like, seven years? Yes, seven years. We've been together since 2015. If I look at the calendar, it is 2022. So we've been together seven years, and I will not come in here with no food. I went to the... so. As as usual, we have the same, and I think in 50 years, if we're still together, and I'm not going to glory, because that's the only way we're getting up out of here. If I come in, if I if I say, hey, what you want to eat? And she don't know, that's going to be the answer every time. I only ask so we can get the conversation started. <laughs> what do you want to eat? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start there. Because that's how we start every time. What do you want to eat? I don't know. I'm about to give you about 50 answers. 
So so lately, since I travel for work, I haven't been here, but I know my wife eats every week. So you've been eating something. So what have you been eating when I'm not here? So babe, that I've tried being, I've been trying to give her that answer. Hey, what do you want to eat? I don't know. What would you eat if I'm not here? I don't know. Well, you know what? I ain't about to go. I'm just leaving the house. So yesterday I just left the house and I went and got some Mexican. And I made sure I just ordered her what she usually ordered. And I brought it home. And she smashed. So, bruh, if you don't, if y'all can't figure it out, just leave. Just just drive. Just go. <laughs> just drive. Because women don't want, sometimes they don't want to have to choose. They just want to eat. So go get what she used. Go to a restaurant y'all usually eat at. Get exactly what she usually order and bring it home and just say, babe, your food on the counter. That food going to be gone, gone. And y'all ain't going to have no problems. I figured that one out yesterday. That was a little trick. I ain't used that trick before, but that trick going to be used going forward. You about to eat whatever I bring in this house. Some wise words, young Jedi. Hey man, oh. this ain't no that that took that took 20 years to figure out. Cause I was sitting there and argue with you because I'm petty. You know what? We about to figure this out before I leave. You know what? I don't have time for that no more. I'm getting older. I don't have time. My blood sugar low. I'm going to figure out what we about to eat on my blood own. Sugar low. <laughs> Get off my pot. My blood sugar low. That's what I'm talking. But yeah, that's that's it for us. That's it for us this week. I hope y'all had a good time listening to us. We ain't had that many jokes this week, you know. But but Everything, I hope y'all yeah. listen. We go. We switching it up. We we figure we learn. We're learning as you listening. Mm-hmm. So you know, we appreciate we appreciate the ride. Hey, that thank you all, Quattro Quattro listeners. Since we didn't use <laughs> no Spanish words this week. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, we got to come up. That's funny. We got to come up with one Spanish word every week. Yeah, there you go. I got that's my man right there. There you go. Quattro, ladies and gentlemen. That is oh, for show, for show. Have a good week, everybody. Irk and Jerk Pod. We out. Irk and Jerk Podcast. Podcast. Podcast.